Hi, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jordan Schutz. Uh, I'm, I'm the founder of NinjaPig Studios, which is a game development company that makes games for Android, iOS, Wii U, all sorts. Okay, yeah. Um, I, think, I think we did an interview a while back, and you were doing um, apps in Corona, or games in Corona. Yeah, and that was way back. That was, I, I think our interview was back in 2011. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's it's been a long time ago. So so yeah. What's what's new since then? Um, anything? Any other new games you've been developing? Yeah. So uh, recently made this game called Meme Run. We released yeah. it on the Wii U. It it, it did incredibly well. <laughs> um, and it was made with Unity. Uh, so so we've kind of switched over um, from Corona development to Unity over the past few years. So okay. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been seeing Meme Run um, being covered by YouTube. Um, some of those YouTube personality people. And you know, in Twitter, and you know, I saw I saw this uh, picture of uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the the guy who did Super Mario Brothers. He's like, he's like looking at a screen of Meme Run. Is that is that for real or <laughs> no? No, definitely oh, not okay. <laughs> for real. Um, the community that was hilarious. Community <laughs> I, I I laugh too. Um, all I can say is that the community around Meme Run has been really awesome. Uh, people love making fun of it. People love talking about it. Uh, it that that specific image was, I think, from <laughs> some like game development forum that someone someone made it. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been crazy. And um, for the audience out there, can you talk about what uh, what Meme Run is? Yeah, so Meme Run is a game uh, me and my brother created uh, while I was home from college. So, like, I'm I'm, I'm a third year business ad administration major um at, i'm going to U university of california riverside okay. uh, and my brother he's a 15 year old uh kid going to high um, going in high to high school right now yeah. so me and him we sat down in front of the computer and we're like we want to make a game uh we were originally like making this like infinite runner thing and then my brother had the great idea of let's add like all these funny characters like the troll face and you know all these memes to it because he was really into like the the montage parody subreddit um if you've ever been on it basically it's a parody on like call of duty videos and stuff like that so we took all those memes we basically put it into one game and we made it like in about two days we released it on facebook and a ton of my friends and a ton of his friends like love the game they downloaded on their computers and then we're like you know what we need to release this and we need to we need to have as many people be able to play this as possible. So yeah. we sat down, and in a few days, we hacked together a version for the Wii U and submitted it um, over to Nintendo. <laughs> and, and how hard is it to get accepted by Nintendo? Uh, well, from what I've heard, it is difficult because like, I, I actually met them. I went to the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, if you're aware of it, GDC. Yeah. Um, and I actually talked with some of them there. And, and I had basically a whole portfolio of games that I created, like... Um, all my Corona games, I think that was a big reason why I was accepted onto the console is because I had this like good resume of games and some success in the past, right? So I took that resume, I talked to them at GDC, they, they liked what I've done, and they're like, hey, let's, we'll accept you. So um, it took me, I got accepted like a year previous, um, okay. and I just, I didn't do anything with it. The program was still being developed. And then this summer, I ended up deciding, you know what, I want to make a game. So my first game I released on the platform was IQ Test. Okay. And that took, me, that took me maybe a few months to do. And it, that was very successful on the Wii U. Um, so then since I already knew how to make IQ Test, then I was able to make Meme Run very easily for the console because I already kind of knew the process yeah. um, on how to develop for it. So 
yeah, I would say for anyone that wants to develop for the Wii U, it's definitely not too difficult to get approved to get a development kit and, and start developing. Yeah. And for the audience out there, actually, I mean, just because you're students doesn't mean you guys aren't really successful. I'd say that you guys were one of the more successful Corona develop uh, developers who use Corona. And it seems like Meme Run is just another hit. So, um. yeah. And, and so actually, like when I was doing Corona development, that was just me. So I, I kind of started like by myself um, doing it. But my brother, like over the years, he's been increasingly involved. And the, the, that was Meme Run has actually been the first game that me and my brother have created together okay. um, as like a cohesive unit. So that was really a fun experience to basically create, create a game and then have it be one of our most uh, successful and <laughs> our yeah. most successful games we ended up making it together so that was really rewarding so do you think in the future that's what you're going to do moving forward is more collaborative development versus just solo development yeah i i love collaborative development um yeah. it has its pros and its cons especially especially when there's someone you trust like my like when you're working with family i think that's a great experience yeah. but it all depends um on kind of what the project is but yeah i i do like collaborative development better because i think it just makes it easier um marketing and reaching out to other people and, and getting more people to know about the product in general okay and um so so you guys develop the the game meme run um and you put it on, or how long did it take to get approved then onto the Wii U? Oh, wow. It took way too long. Um, so we developed the game, uh, I think, late July, early August. And that's when we submitted it to Nintendo. Yeah. And it took months. So it ended up getting released on December 18th. So how many months is that? That's like three, four months. And it was constant hurdles because um, wow. it, there, there, were, there were all these kinds of like possible legal issues that like Nintendo... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we had to basically get past all of those, and I think it it failed like their their process, like their whole internal processes, like maybe like three times. And I was like calling them on the phone, and they were emailing me, "Oh, you need to change this. You know, this can't be there." And it, it was a lot of fun to basically see them, you know, kind of change their philosophy about what kind of game they want on their platform. <laughs> and you know, for the audience out there, can you explain what Meme Run is? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I think I kind of missed explaining this the first time yeah. when you asked me it, but but basically, you're this you're kind of this like troll face character, yeah. And it's there's basically this uh, terrain that gets spawned from the right side of the screen. It keeps coming, and you have to jump. You, you press the A button to jump your little troll face guy, and then you press the B button to slide under the terrain. So basically, think of Bit Trip Runner, except with a bunch of dank memes. Okay. So and they just and they just show up, right? The memes. Yeah, and the memes are just all over the place. They purposely yeah. are there to make you mess up and make you fall off the map and it's very it's it's people think it's one of the most difficult games they've ever played. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's more it's a side scroller. Um yeah. So I think that's more clear I think for the audience. Um and and so okay, so you got it onto the platform then then what were you going to do? Like what what did you do right after it was on the platform? Did you just wait for it to go up the charts or did you aggressively do some marketing? Well, so I'm going to kind of backtrack to kind of tell you kind of my marketing strategies around Meme Run and sure. like what made it a successful game. So so when I was on mobile, um, a lot of the key strategies I did to make my mobile games successful were I like implemented email buttons into my games to basically get user feedback and to have them feel like 
you know, they're a part of the game development and like <clears throat> they're appreciated, right? Yes. So that was kind of what I did on mobile. I gained this big email database. I gained this huge fan base. And basically whenever I'd release a new game, all of the people that knew me because I, they would write me emails and like talk to me basically through like texting or whatever, like they would, um, they would basically buy my next game. And so that's how I kind of like cross promoted my own games on mobile. But when I released on Wii U, I didn't have an audience on Wii U, you know, no one that yeah. had a nook or no one that had a mobile device really necessarily had a Wii U. So I had to start from scratch. So what I did is when I released IQ test, um, I reached out to all all these like Nintendo's news sites and Nintendo review sites. And I gave them review codes and I hyped up the game. I released like a, a good um, trailer, you know, so this was all for IQ test and I, and it did, it did well. Um, it did actually, it, IQ test did better than most other indie games that were released. It didn't receive any direct promotion from Nintendo, yeah. but I mean, compared to the other games, like it did really well. And that was part of my marketing. So, uh, like along with like giving people codes and stuff like that, there is this social network that Nintendo has called Meverse, and that's basically uh, you can imagine that basically people can post screenshots and they can write posts about the games on the social network. And I have like a verified user account, and that basically allows me to act like I'm like a developer. I'm the developer of the game, so everyone like looks at those verified user accounts like they're gods, and everyone thinks they work at Nintendo but really they don't we're just indie game developers right with yeah. these verified user accounts so so essentially these it's all kids right so <laughs> what I would do is I would post things every single day I would post memes on Meverse I would post like regular show like saying like like I would draw a picture of like Mordecai from the regular show and I'd be like check out IQ test you know and so all these things I would relate to kids through what they like so if they yeah. like a common TV show I would like draw a picture I would I would do memes I, I I would just do all these things to basically really be involved and I would I would comment and I would like on like everyone's posts. So me spending the time to be involved in the community completely boosted the game um, up to the top of the charts and that's why IQ test was successful. So so basically all these I had all these fans on Meverse. Basically they loved me. They they thought I was like the greatest person ever, right? Because I was I, I was like actually the only developer talking with them. Yeah. So then comes Meme Run. So I release Meme Run, or I I, I release like a trailer video of Meme Run on the Meverse page, on on I, the IQ Test Meverse page, yeah. and all of my fans went freaking crazy. I mean, they couldn't believe it. They were so happy. Um, so they were all counting down the days. So I would see on the IQ Test page. Uh, Meverse page, I would see people like, you know, saying, oh my gosh, only two more days till it's released. Uh, like they were freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of planning, right? So this, this game was going, going through the development hurdles. I, I was, it was about to come out. And once I got the codes for the game, I spent so many hours trying to get YouTubers to basically cover the title. So I, I, fa I made a list of all of the famous Nintendo YouTubers that I thought would be interested in the game and I contacted them through Twitter I contacted them through email and I and I made sure like I, I got to know them um, I it ended up turning into a Skype talk I ended up getting into one of their Skype calls somehow through like me basically haggling them and I talked with all of them and and I ended up giving them all uh, review codes for the game so they all got the game early and they made 
and they made these videos. Uh, so you can see like this one guy named Kobe, Kobe Mani, um, four five seven, super famous YouTuber has like I think like 500,000 subs. And so basically all these YouTubers with all these subscribers yeah. played the game um, on the day it came out because I gave them the codes and released their videos. And it just created this like viral sensation. Plus all the people on Miiverse that were super excited about the game yeah. bought it. And then all the people that watch YouTube bought it because all of the Nintendo YouTubers played it. Yeah. And I was, I don't know if you're aware of the guy named Porter Robinson. He's like a famous EDM artist. Uh, his brother actually played the game um, on the day it was released too and made a YouTube video on it. And I was able to give him a code and, and he was able to cover the game. So all these really famous and like people basically played the game on YouTube at least. And yeah. I think that's what really spurred it. Um, along with that, 4chan had a big part to do with why <laughs> the game was successful. So I would go on 4chan, right? Yeah. And I would make posts about the game and people would trash it. So it became kind of this experiment. So I, I had this huge audience, right, that absolutely loved the game. But I had this huge audience that hated it. So when I gave when I gave the codes to these review sites, they absolutely trashed the game. And and all these people were like, oh my gosh, Nintendo's like going downhill. Like, I can't believe Nintendo would release this. And I basically became the Nintendo punching bag, so to speak. Like everyone was hating on me because I, I re me and my brother, we released this game, but s since I'm the one in the public eye, yeah. they would all hate on me. So luckily my brother was kind of shielded from all of this, right? Yeah. But he he had an equal part to do with it, but just no one knew. <laughs> so yeah. that's the best. So he was kind of lucky, but basically I would, I, I was supporting the hate. So I would, it was this whole experiment to see how well the game could do off like negative publicity. Yeah. And so on 4chan, I would just trash the game. And this was all anonymous, by the way. So I was able to make all these posts and, and I was able to trash my own game. And I would basically build all this hype. And then people were saying like, oh, I'm going to buy it just because everyone hates it. And, <laughs> and it just started this whole trend of hate. And then on all these forums... Um, that were public, like people would make posts about how like I'm the worst person in the world and, you know, I'm bringing Nintendo down and like all this crazy stuff. Um, I actually, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just was crazy how many people hated on it, but, but it all worked out. It, it created yeah. all this publicity and people were making YouTube videos about how much they hate the game. And that was driving sales even more. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and when you reached out to the YouTube people, was it just a one-on-one -on -one thing, or you mentioned Skype? Was it was it like a, a multi-person Skype chat, like or? Yeah, yeah that's kind of what happened. So like, oh, I ended uh, up knowing one of them, okay. and he ended up being friends with a bunch of other YouTubers, oh, and they were you. all on the Skype call, and he just invited me to it, and I'm like, awesome! So now I get to talk to all of them about Mimra. So, and do, do they feel that they can't cover because someone else is covering it, or what? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, what do you mean? Well, if one of their friends is covering the the game, if they cover it too, then does it just become redundant, or or it didn't uh, really? Matter. No, actually, they awesome. They no, it, I don't think it mattered. I, and if anything, it helps, right? Because each person has a different audience. Oh yeah. So when they, when they all release it, a video like it for me, it's great. For them, I think it's great too because they get to be the first ones to make a video about the game, right? Yeah. Okay, and and so you're. You know, this is definitely, um, you know, uh, so how did you feel like getting, you know, all this uh, attention and, and negativity and also just, 
because like people were were reaming on it. Some people are loving the game. Some people are reaming on the game. What what were your thoughts on it? Um. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of game developers they take a, a huge amount of pride in their work, and they want yeah. everyone to love the <laughs> game, right? Well, I'm I'm not too much that way. Like I, I do care. Like like the thing is, I do care what people think, but but this but for this particular game, it took so little time to make, and it was meant to be bad. Like. Like, there was nothing about the game where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to create the next AAA, you know, title for yeah. the Wii U. That was not the intention. It was, a, it was a game to troll people and to do something outrageous that people would just be like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, like, that was the point of the game. It was really to get people's reactions, right? Yeah. So I didn't have this, you know, pre preconceived notion of like, oh my gosh, you know, people need to like this game. If anything, I was happy people were trashing it. And I even trashed it myself. People still bought it. Yeah. So this was a <laughs> great experiment for me to show that like really you can make you can make something and have it go viral and it doesn't need to be this great game and it, it can still be very successful yeah. um just riding kind of like the trend or the wave of you know hype so yeah and you also reached out to to those youtube personality people you were willing to put yourself out there in totally. the social media space which maybe not a lot of game developers would do it in the way or as as aggressively as you did I mean, and that's something to keep in mind for the listeners out there is that you were definitely willing to put everything out there. You didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think it's really important. Like a lot of game developers think, you know, oh, YouTubers will never cover my game. It's very easy. What you want to do is you want to start with the small ones, the ones yeah. with ten thousand subscribers. Okay. you know get them to play it and then you move up the chain because once maybe one of because you never know like with yeah. that skype chat for instance there were like three of them that had ten thousand subscribers but they were really good friends with someone that had a hundred thousand subscribers gotcha. so you never know who people know right yeah so i say for any game developer you should reach out and try to get youtubers to play it because honestly i think youtube is the main factor of why meme run was very successful it and yeah. i think that's how it is for any pc game right yeah. or any console game it's really youtube that's going to be driving driving sales so and and you got and you got the game into the top 10 on wii u for the eShops, right for the indie games yeah so me and my brother's game yeah it was top i, I mean i think it's the Still up there. It's it's been in like the top twenty, yeah, top selling for like at least two months now. So, okay. and um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's done well. Did you think of then because you did it in Unity? Did you think of actually releasing mobile versions, or what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. So me and my brother, we talked about you know that, and and we feel like. The reason it did well is because it was on a platform where that niche market wasn't being targeted. So okay. on the Wii U, there, there were lots of like, you know what I mean? Like there, there was nothing like that. But on, on mobile, you know, anyone can put up any crazy game yeah. and, it, it, and it, doesn't, it won't necessarily do well. So I think re, like we tried to target a very niche market with the Wii U and we, we put something out there that was so outrageous. And that's why it did well is because of that. So. And what about um, Steam? No, I think I think you had some kind of like thing where you had some kind of other marketing technique to actually convince people to to vote for it on Steam or something. Can you talk more about that? Oh well, see, okay, so actually, so there was a Steam Greenlight page, but I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, it, 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 someone at Steam like reviewed it and said like the game doesn't meet 
they're, uh, let's, let's see, I can read off the exact message right now. It sure. says this, this item is incompatible with green light. Um, and so I don't know why okay. it was rated as incompatible. Um, I'll have to like try to contact them and ask, but, but that was about a week or two ago. I, okay. Essentially what we did to have people get it on Steam is we're not actually allowed to promote directly through like Nintendo's uh, Nintendo's like platforms. But basically, what we said is we said if you guys go vote on Steam, we'll make a we'll make an update for the Wii U version, um, which will add a, a, a famous meme character <laughs> to the, the Wii U ver- version, which is a popular meme on the Wii U on Miiverse. So and and we ended up even though the game didn't get greenlit, we still made the update for all the people that wanted it. So okay. And and what do you think of Steam as as another platform for distribution for that game? Do you think that would have helped it, or because then you said that that part of it was just the novelty of being on Wii U, that type of game being on Wii U? Yeah, well, like so, we checked out Steam, and really, there's nothing like that on Steam. But our plans were much bigger for Steam. So if it were to get greenlit, we wanted to completely remake the game um, and do many more outrageous things that just we simply weren't allowed to do on Nintendo's platform. And okay. we wanted, since since it were, was going to be on Steam, we wanted to completely kind of like remake it and completely change it and, and make it something that really no one has seen before. But unfortunately, it doesn't, it doesn't look like we'll have the opportunity to do that right now. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll be able to get it approved by Steam. So Okay. And, you know, did you think about just putting it on mobile and just pricing it the same as... Um, as your Wii U price, so that maybe people would. Yeah, I, I understand that there there are other kind of crazy games on those platforms, but at least your your game wouldn't be commoditized. It would just open it up to the people who only have Android and uh, or iOS devices. Yeah, I, yeah, and and that was a thought, right? Like, oh, yeah. well, usually game developers, that's what they want to do. They want to put it on as many platforms as possible, <laughs> yeah. make it available to the widest. Audience. That was kind of our thinking with Steam, but when it comes to mobile, you know, it's very easy. Like if I made it four ninety nine, one person has to buy it, then distribute the APK, and like we'd have to do all this like oh, okay, protection. Yeah. And I see what you're you saying. know, and also we feel like there, it, the value of it being on the Wii U, it's because like it, it's Nintendo, yeah. right? Like that's what made it so crazy for the meme run to come out. But if we just put it on mobile, it, I don't think it'll have the, it just won't have the same yeah. effect, I, and that's what we noticed. So. And and so what so what are your thoughts on now that you've had this experience with the YouTube um, game kind of ecosystem? Are you still trying to reach out to the YouTubers? Um, what what do you think about YouTube? Is do you feel that YouTube is then the primary marketing tool over Twitter totally. and, and and Facebook and these other things? Or? I think Twitter is big. Um, like I I do have quite a few followers on Twitter, but I definitely think YouTube is the way to get your game out there. If you've looked at all, all the indie games they're all played by like youtube celebrities like pewdiepie and all these other big ones right and that's how these games are getting noticed so i I think really um developers they should be looking at steam as a distribution platform or if not consoles consoles are a little bit easier to get your game approved on um because it's easier to become a developer and steam is a very it's much more competitive so i would say if you want to get your game noticed get your game out on consoles uh and really, yeah, pr- 
impress the YouTube, like get people from YouTube to play your game because that's how you're going to get noticed. And that's where the audience is. So lots of these kids, I mean, basically the market for meme run was probably ages from like maybe eight to, to 13, 14. That was the main audience. But lots of the people that are YouTubers, yeah. these kids are watching older YouTubers, like maybe teenagers or yeah. young adults, right? So if you can make a game that appeals to the young kids, but then the so the teenagers will like exaggerate and make it uh, make it seem like a like a lot of fun. I think you'll have a really successful game. So, if that makes um, sense. yeah, no. And have you thought of? Um, I mean, yeah. Are you going to become a YouTube personality? I mean, because because you make games too. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Oh well, like me actually becoming YouTube. So I, see, I don't think that's possible because it, it just it takes too much of a time commitment to do yeah. that. Um, and that's just something I don't have. I barely have time to make games in and of itself. Uh, but when I do make a game, I just want to get it out there um, and get as many people to play it as possible. And I think just reaching out and giving free codes to YouTubers that wouldn't normally get a free code to a game, yeah. I think that means a lot. And that's probably why a lot of them play Meme Run is because. I reached out to them and not many other game developers will reach out to a, to a YouTuber that only has 10,000 subscribers. Yeah, right. That's true. So, and yeah. And, and what about uh, Instagram? I mean, do you, are those also other social media tools that you use to promote your games? No, I don't use Instagram. I, from what I found for meme run, at least the most popular platforms that it got popular were um, Twitter uh, YouTube, well, YouTube number one, Twitter, and then like, and then like forum sites, and and definitely Meverse. I think a lot of people underestimate Meverse, but that's kind of a Nintendo exclusive thing. But I mean, if you're doing like Xbox and all that kind of stuff, I would definitely say Twitter and uh, Twitter and uh, YouTube are probably the top two. And I, I think Vines can be popular. So oh, I mean, yeah, that, Vine, yeah, that's really not a that's really not an area that I'm too familiar with. But like. I, from what I would think, like if you, if you developers reached out to famous like Vine celebrities and and other famous like celebrities that are like maybe Instagrammers or something like that, yeah. and maybe they take a picture of the game or like do a short video, I think that would be a great strategy um, to get your game out there. Um, like make a fifteen second clip of it or something like yeah. that. That would be excellent. So and and that's something to keep in mind for the audience out there is that you're actually spending a lot of time marketing the game. Versus even over development, you know. So I actually spent more time marketing than I did developing, and that's yeah. kind of how it's been with all of my games. I've spent way more time marketing. I think that's the most important thing: is developers all they care about is they care about developing the game, and they want to make it this perfect product. Yeah. The key isn't necessarily to do that, especially for indies. It's very it's very hard, right? <laughs> um, to to get the visibility and to get the users. So what you really have to spend the time on is marketing. Yeah. It's very hard. It takes a lot of time, and it takes being really nice and really being patient. But I think anyone can do it if they have the right game, and because it, it has to be outrageous, it has to be something that people want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of indie games that are just plain boring, yeah. and no one cares about. But with Meme Run, it's interesting. People enjoyed talking about it. It was really outrageous, and that's yeah. why the YouTube celebrities made the videos on it. If it would have been a boring game. Or if it wouldn't have been interesting, no yeah. YouTube celebrities would have covered it. So I, I think it's a lot a lot to do with the game and then who you contact. Well, okay, so that's one approach, but okay, let's let's take for example Blast Monkeys, which was also which was done in Corona. Mm -hmm. And and that did really well, but I don't think the 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 creators actually did aggressive marketing. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but it just seemed like they 
they're able to succeed on one platform and then it kind of caught on on other platforms. And so, so there, there are other techniques, but maybe, maybe if they would have done the aggressive marketing that you did, um, which is reaching out to people, getting it, you know, everywhere, it could have become like Fruit Ninja or, I mean, just as famous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard to say. Like, I actually, I, I know them, um, yeah. and I, I think there were, I mean, with any game, right, you release it and things happen that you don't expect to happen, yeah. and with them, they got extremely lucky, and I think <laughs> with a lot of developers, like, a lot of developers will not have that luck, um, yeah. but they, they, they did do right things, and they were able to cross-promote and get their game out there, but I think they were also in a brand new market. Um, when Blast Monkeys came out, it was like back in what, 2011, 2010, when yeah. Android was like first, you know, starting. So it was a lot easier to gain publicity and they're able to kind of manipulate the markets to get more downloads. But now that it's become way more established, um, it's it's essentially you're seeing it's only A, it's like the big AAA mobile games that are either really popular or it's the mobile games that get viral through like maybe a YouTube celebrity or like a Vine celebrity or or some kind of like endorsement from someone. And, and that's what I'm that's what I've been seeing. Or it's like promoted heavily by like yeah. Apple or something like that. So I think for us, for us indies, we have to focus on making a game that's interesting and then just getting it out there to all these like people who can endorse it. Because really that's the only way that you can make money and that's yeah. really the only way that you can get your game out there now you started out on mobile and now you kind of shifted towards like these console type devices which is kind of interesting yeah and so from your point of view where do you see mobile at this point do you feel that it's difficult for indies to have a chance now or um i, I totally think, think so okay. I, I i totally think that way because when you look at how people are discovering apps um it's usually through a word of mouth yeah. or B, it's through some kind of celebrity. So you would have to make a mobile game and then have someone like maybe do like a playthrough of it on YouTube for it to like get popular, right? Yeah. And and then the way I download mobile games is like all my all my friends at school, right? Maybe they're playing like the popular game called Crossy Roads or they're playing Trivia <laughs> yeah. Crack, right? Yeah. And those are two popular games that are out right now. But they tell me about it and then I go download it. Yeah. That's how mobile works. Um, but yeah. for consoles, it's more like it's not as much of a word of mouth thing. It's more like, oh, you watch a YouTube, you watch your favorite YouTube celebrity, yeah. and they're playing this game on the console, and then you go buy it. And I'm focusing on consoles now because I just feel like the whole mobile market right now it's so saturated, yeah. and it's so difficult to gain that visibility and gain and and basically get the right people that can drive yeah. downloads. And none of us have millions of dollars to spend on marketing, so. It, it's it's almost impossible, in my opinion, right now, to get your game out there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think the other thing is that maybe a lot of the people who are still downloading apps on mobile are kids versus um, adults. Maybe, maybe you know, I think, because I've talked to certain adults, and they're not really downloading new apps. Totally. Um, but it seems like kids are open to downloading a ton of new apps. But you're right. I mean, if they don't see your, your app or they've heard of it, then boom it's going to be really difficult. Crossy Roads, I think, was promoted through PewDiePie or something, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah because, because the guy he who owns it. it. Well, okay. um, wait, PewDiePie owns it? Oh, I thought he did. Never mind. Maybe no, no, no. Actually, it was promoted because the it was the same developer that created Game of the Year 420 Blaze It. So oh. that if you ever heard of Game of the Year 420 Blaze It, it was this really popular um, 
like game made it a game jam that that got um that that's he put on the PewDiePie forums. Okay. And it, and then PewDiePie saw it. He played it, and it was like a it was a game based off like montage parodies, kind of like what Meme Run is, right? Yeah. Um, but it was a similar game. And so PewDiePie played this game, and then this developer also worked on Crossy Roads. So I guess PewDiePie somehow saw Crossy Roads and then made a made a video on it. But yeah, that and see that promotion, that's what shot it up to the yeah. top. Now that would have never happened if PewDiePie wouldn't have played it. So yeah. that's what I mean. Like it really takes that celebrity endorsement to get to get your game out there. And so and so the real question is is do you feel that this is going to even continue in 2015, or are are the the viewers going to just get old of watching games? Uh, you know, tired of just watching people review games? Um, well, what I think is I personally think that the audience that uh, watches that, watches PewDiePie is is the younger audience, right? It's yeah. the ages from like, you know, 8 to what, 13, 14? <laughs> yeah. And then what happens is they're the ones that get the games popular. So okay, there's always... Yeah. No, that's, always, that's so true. There's always going to be that <laughs> audience, right? Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be that audience. And, you know, the YouTube celebrities will change. Maybe instead of PewDiePie being popular, it'll be yeah, like some new person. Yeah. So I think from now on, it, that's what it's going to be like for indies. It's going to be, okay, who can get the YouTube celebrity or the Vine celebrity or the Instagram or the Twitter celebrity to tweet about it and to talk about it? That will drive downloads yeah. and that will get them to top of the charts. And that goes with that goes for any platform. That goes for Steam. That goes for Xbox, PS4, Wii yeah. U, um, any mobile platform. Well, I, th yeah. I think part of it is also just considering how you're going to make a game interesting enough for them to cover and maybe even set it up so that they get a ton of subs because of reviewing your game. Right? I mean, I think, I think that's part of the ecosystem that no one, the developers aren't thinking about. Oh, totally. But, I, and that's actually what why Meme Run was yeah. successful, right? Because I had built all this hype. So the trailer for Meme Run before the game even was released had over 70,000 views on YouTube, right? Yeah. That was just people viewing it through like websites and through Twitter, right? That okay. wasn't even being that wasn't even being marketed on the Wii U console in and of itself, yeah. right? So 70,000 views on YouTube. Um so when other famous YouTubers see that that, and they they've watched the trailer. Like all all of them I talked to had seen the trailer for the game. Yeah. So when they all see the trailer for the game, they see how many views the trailer has. They see all the comments. When I give them a review code, they are going to want to play that game because you know what that means. If they're the first person to play it, they're the first person to get the ad revenue. They're the first person to make money, and then they get more subs because they played the hot game, right? Yeah. And and that's what any developers need to think of is what game can I create to make people just think, oh my gosh, like what is that? Like that really that wow factor and, and market before the game comes out so that the YouTubers see that there is a demand for it. Do you feel you would have been more successful if you even took some of the YouTube personalities and put their face or something else related to them in the game itself? See, I, I don't know. I, okay. A lot of a lot of people said like oh they like this one guy named Balrog um, Balrog's game room he has a popular YouTube channel yeah. uh, where he makes Nintendo exclusive videos and a lot of people and he's kind of like a meme he he was on Reddit um, for he posted an eShop gift card fifty dollar eShop gift card on Twitter and someone and he didn't even activate the code yet and then someone got the code before of him and that hit like the front page of Reddit and that's actually why he got really popular is because he made a stupid mistake and gave away a $50 code when he didn't mean to, right? Yeah. So so basically he became a meme because of that. And people were like, oh, we want him to be a meme in the game. 
so I don't know. Maybe it would have helped a little bit. Maybe people yeah. would have bought the game just because of him. But I think since he made a video about it, I think a lot of people that wanted the game bought it already. I, I think for, with Meme Run, it was like either people hate the game or people love the game. Yeah. And the people that love the game are going to buy it, and the people that hate the game aren't going to buy it. And there's no point trying to convince the people that hate the game to try to buy it because you already know they're not going to buy it. So I really just focused on... And me and my brother, we focus on you know making it just the people that love to love it, not to hate it more. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, yeah, okay. So, so yeah, I guess uh, any other uh, interesting perspectives on marketing you want to share with the audience, or uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, it would be interesting think... <laughs> if it, if they reached out. I mean, I could, I could give more advice, but I, I feel like that that pretty much sums it up is yeah. you just really have to make your game viral. And the real but, question is, is can an indie developer make more money becoming a YouTube personality that just, you know, reviews games that they create? Because because these people on YouTube are making a, an amazing amount of money. Like, I mean, like PewDiePie is, you know, supposedly making several million a year. Um, so... I, I definitely yeah. think indie game development has a bigger potential to make money than YouTube. I think if you yeah, no, want to talk about saturated, saturation, definitely YouTube is way more oversaturated. I mean, everyone well, can do a lot. Here, here's the thing, though. Indie game development does have that opportunity, but that doesn't mean that you're... See, that development has to be done maybe in a creative or different way. If you're developing games to just fuel the content for your subscriber channel or something else, that could, you know, that that could make you money. I mean, there's, there's no, I mean, if you're getting subscribers and that's paying you in a way that's more effective than just releasing it on a, or trying to sell it, you know, as Wii U, then, you know, it's a different business model. I mean, what I've heard is if you get a hundred thousand views, you only make like 200 bucks. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a lot of money. No, um, it's true. I mean, you have to consistently be doing it and have, have build a large base. But the thing is though, because you're games um, because you're able to make games consistently you might be able to actually create the content to, to make your channel stand above and beyond everything else so. yeah I, I, it's definitely an option but I, I personally wouldn't encourage indies to do that I would, I would encourage indies to make games yeah. that appeal to the YouTubers and then reach out to the YouTubers and do that you know you know, kind of just keep yourself in one area because uh, and yeah. you know you can crank out ten games and then have one hit and then you can do really well off that yeah, one hit that's and that's true. that's how I kind of felt with Meme Run is now that I had that one hit with me and my brother we made this game and it got really popular yeah any game we release now on the Wii U oh, people yeah. are gonna, people are going to buy it and, and so I've really I think when you have that one hit you really set yourself up for success and and so what about then just keeping the you know keeping at at top of mind of these players are you going to release another game pretty soon. You know, being a full-time student, yeah. I don't know if I have time. I'm going to try. I would love to. I have so many great ideas. Um, but it's just sitting down, developing the game, that's just something I don't have time to do. And yeah, I could reach out to other developers, but but it is it is something that's fun to do by yourself. And you, you be part of the creative process and you just doing it. You know, right. it's, sometimes when you let other people do it, it can sometimes take away from like the, the personal fulfillment of yeah. making the game. So... And you know, since since you first started in mobile game development, I guess what what's changed in your development process? Um, I know you talked about switching from Corona to Unity. Has there been anything else in terms of just understanding or, or design understanding or anything else like that? Yeah, I, I guess my main under change of of picture is basically 
if you want, for me, it's like, it's taking what's been done before and like what's been popular and kind of like remaking it and kind of twisting it into like your own game. So like you can take IQ tests, like that's a, that's a very similar concept to like a lot of like other, yeah. you know, games like that. You know, I, I wasn't trying to do anything different, but sometimes doing something similar can make you a lot of money, uh, yeah. Because people are already familiar about it before they even click the button to download it. Um, the similar with Meme Run, right? Meme Run's just a side-scrolling game. But what makes it different? Well, it's very current in the case of like what what are the what are the kids like? What are what yeah. are the common jokes, right? So I think my game development has now shifted to seeing what kids like, um, what their what YouTube what are YouTubers doing? What games are YouTubers playing? Um, what other what are other indies doing that that these YouTubers like and then making something similar on a platform that possibly doesn't have that. So like the Wii U didn't have anything like memes and like all these games like game of the year 420 blaze it. Right. Um, they were super popular on steam and like all these like grass simulator and all these like crazy ideas. Right. But the Wii U didn't really have anything. Consoles don't really have a lot like that. So I wanted to reach that audience through making meme run. And that's kind of what I think my brother, like my brother came up with the idea for meme run, but that's kind of what his thinking was is, you know, the Wii U doesn't have anything like that. So why don't we make something? Why don't we fill that niche? And that's what I think indie should be doing. Will they do that? No, because I mean, I don't think a lot of them will because they don't, they they want to like they have this really like kind of like vision of what they want to make, but yeah. sometimes you don't need to have this really like artistic vision. Sometimes you just need to fill that niche and and make the game that everyone wants to be on the platform, but yeah. that isn't there. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you know yeah. So so I guess it, it can work both ways. And um, so what what do you think of Unity? I mean, you you've switched over to Unity. Um, any feedback on that or any thoughts on that? You know, I, I definitely I loved Corona way back yeah. in the day. It was it was the best, right? Because Unity yeah, was awesome. wasn't. I mean, Unity wasn't like optimized well for these low end devices. But now that the technology has gotten so much better, these phones have like really good hardware. I mean, I would say right now Unity is definitely the best game engine to develop in. Um, for I would say for any any platform. Um, and I, I love it. It, the thing is, it's a huge learning curve. That's only bummer about it. I I feel like I'm I'm learning something new every day. Yeah. Uh, that I use it, but I mean, I think it's really the only engine right now that de- that developers can use to really just port to everything and have the most opportunities. And I would encourage any developer that isn't using Unity to switch over because there's you you will have so many more opportunities if your game does go crazy viral and it does get super popular you won't have to wait around to port it to everything. You can do it that day. Yeah. So I, I would, I would, that's all, that's about what I would say about unity. I love it. So, well, you know, the one issue though, is now that everyone is, it seems like uh, the vast majority are using unity. You know, how do you, how do you actually stand out? And I guess one, one way is definitely by the marketing, um, which you, which we discussed, you know, in this interview. Totally. But I mean, I think in terms of gameplay, like it's all, it's all shifting towards, you know, you see this like 3d or isometric view and it's, I don't know. I mean, um, well, yeah, I and there's, there's a lot of repetition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would say, I mean, there's always going to be similar games, but you, I mean, I guess you just have to take concepts that, you know, yeah, just have already them, been like done said, and, yeah. and just kind of repurpose it for what you think the market wants. Right. Yeah. So I, 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 can, I don't really know a lot. <laughs> like I, I would say it for any indies, what they should do is they should go to the, 
go to your cousin or go to a relative you know that has a young kid and see what they're talking about see what they're watching on youtube like like and just ask them like you, you know who's your favorite youtuber who's your yeah. what app is your favorite game to play and see what they're enjoying and then make something like that or or make a game that is similar you know i don't i i'm i'm not articulating myself well sure. but the, no. but that that's what i think and you should be doing okay and um, what about targeting an older audience? Is that something you think is even worth doing now, or is it just really difficult because they just don't have the attention span and they're just downloading what's at the top, which is driven by the kids who see it on YouTube or something? I would say for indies, yeah. I, it depends. Um, I definitely think the younger audience is the easiest way to go because that's what the younger audience is more willing to click the download button yeah, or to use true. their parents' credit card, right? Now, the older audience, what do they want? They want to play games like League of Legends. They want to play, yeah. you know, these really AAA games um, that the rest of their friends are playing. So I think it's a lot harder to get an older, like yeah. someone like me, that's a you know a twenty year old college kid, to go and download some some game. I, I think that's very difficult for indies. I would focus on targeting the younger kids because if you target the younger kids, eventually the older kids will play it through word of mouth. Uh, it kind of it kind of yeah. goes up, right? So. Yeah. Just like with Clash of Clans, it, it catered to adults at first, but then kids started taking it up because they saw it all the time. Um, did it Did it appeal to... I, I see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you see it on, on the top grossing charts, but it's... Uh, I mean, I, I just knew a lot of adults who were playing it, it seemed. And then, um, yeah, well, that's cool. Um, so what suggestions, then, do you have for indie game developers out there? I mean, obviously, you talked about the marketing. Is there anything else... Um, that you would have, let's say, a student who's also interested or, or someone else who's starting out in indie game development on what they should do to maybe get a certain success or, or to, like, you know, get the thing going. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, w I would basically, like, everything I said, like, I would do that. But okay. I think the big thing is for someone that's just starting is they really need to... They, they need to just find that niche and they need to roll with it and they just need to not care. I... I, I because the thing is, if you spend a year making a game, I, in my opinion, for your first title, that's not what should be happening. You should be trying to gain an audience and you should be trying to get downloads and, and kind of test the waters. Yeah. So for any new developer, I would try to make small projects that that maybe can go viral, that have the potential of going viral. I, that's about all I can say. And, and you know, and try to do it yourself. I, I would say... The, the oh, so you wouldn't even say go collaborative up front. You would say try it. I, okay. I wouldn't do it. I, I would say do it by yourself, Like especially with Unity. I think you have a strong potential of, yeah. you know, there's a lot of opportunities and you can do it by yourself. That's the best way to learn. Once you bring someone else into the equation, there can be lots of arguments and it can just cause the entire cycle to just be destroyed, like like the entire fun of it. Because it, mainly it should be something you do for fun. You should be making a game that's fun yeah. for you to play. Um and it should it should be an easy game. It should be a simple game. But if it's fun to you, someone else will probably find it fun. And okay. and that's kind of my motto. And also, don't spend a lot of time perfecting something. You will have time to perfect if it gets popular, or you can always per perfect in an update. Make a crude kind of like mock-up of your game and then kind of finalize it and release it. See how it does. If it's not popular, if the comments aren't positive, move on to the next game. People, they focus way too much time on constantly updating an old game yeah. that's dead and they think it's the best thing ever but it's not and people don't want it and they, they can't take a hint I, you you need <laughs> to take the hint if it's not getting downloads and you're doing everything you can to market it and you can't get youtubers to play it 
you are doing something wrong. People don't want to play the game. If YouTubers want to play your game, then you did something right. Yeah. Well, what do you think of developers who say, look, if I just change it a little like this or change it like that, it could work? I, I, I don't... <laughs> I mean, I don't agree because yeah, no, the thing is, it's a, it's a different approach, which is good. Well, like, I, it depends, right? Like, if your game's popular already yeah. and people like the game, yes, you need to make the changes that people want to make. But if people aren't downloading your game to begin with because there's no appeal to it, the overall like design of the game or the overall like theme isn't right. Like, I mean, you would have to do a massive overhaul to get people to download the game. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe you can just add memes as all the assets, and then maybe you'll get a lot of downloads. Who knows? <laughs> so, I mean, that's one strategy, I guess. Okay. And so, so pretty much you're, you're promoting a minimum viable game. Just get it out there. Get the feedback because you're using the game as, as part of your, your, your system. It isn't the only thing that's going to drive your success. It's part of the system. You release it out there, get the feedback, see if it's going to work, you know, and then either release a new game or, or iterate on what you have. I would I would say that's that's basically perfect. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what indie should be doing in my in my personal opinion, and it's worked for me. Okay. You know, I'm able I'm able to pay my pay for school. I've got yeah. myself through entire like entire four years of college. I mean, I I have enough money to do it, so I. I, I feel like I've done very well, and I'm, yeah. I've loved doing game development. I think it's been an awesome experience, and I wish that all indies could, you know, do what I've done, and and you know, and I've I wish that I could do what other indies have done. Like other indies have done amazing things, and they made yeah. amazing products. But every strategy is going to work for every yeah every every kind of person, and you know, everyone's going to find their thing that works for them. This is just what's worked for me, and it could be completely different for someone else. So, I mean, <laughs> really, you kind of have to develop your own marketing strategy yeah. and, and, and your, your own, own distinct strategy. style, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. There's no perfect formula, and I, I think that's really important with game development, is you can't follow some kind of like formula, like if you take yeah. Clash of Clans, for instance, right, you're mentioning that they have a certain formula on how to how to monetize and how to make money. Well, if everyone just makes an isometric game, you, you know, that's not going to work because yeah. people only want to play one one of them, and then any other one, like it's already been done. Yeah. So you you can't. There's no formula to game development. That's basically I'll, yeah. I'll just sum it up there. <laughs> so it's yeah. So it's like mu music. You know, you're developing your own style, and and for you, you've got your own style and. Um, so then, I guess in the upcoming year or two, where where do you see yourself um, going with with game development? With game development, well, yeah. I mean, I would love to make another game. I would love to make another kind of viral sensation. I think that would be awesome. I I I've really wanted to make an FPS game for a really long time. So okay. if my next game does come out, it will be an FPS game. Uh, that's that's what I've wanted to do. Will it, will it be like like a like a fighting FPS game or just a generic like or more like a YouTube friendly type FPS game? It, it would be a YouTube friendly. It would probably be based off internet memes, honestly, because yeah. that's for me and and that's what people like. So that's kind of my plan. I would love to be able to do it, but we will see um, if I have I have the time because uh, I I'm going through school and, and school's been very difficult. Uh, but I'm I'm almost graduating. I only have a year and a half left. So when once I graduate, I might either try to get an MBA in business, or mm -hmm. I, I might head back home and then start doing games, <laughs> start start yeah. trying to make games, you know, on, well, on, about, on my free time. So what about this summer, though? I mean, are you thinking of just doing your own studio stuff full time, or, or are you going to try to look for an internship or something else like that? 
Yeah, so this summer I'm actually I'm planning on just doing summer school to get ahead in classes. Okay. Um, but you know I might have time to make another game, and if I do, um, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be spending my time doing classes and spending my time doing games. So I, okay. I, I think right now for me, games are definitely more profitable than getting an internship. So yeah, well, you know, you've inspired me to actually uh, try to come up with a game. So so you can hear my idea, you know, okay. that I'm going to try to pump out on YouTube, and then and you let me know. Okay. So basically, I was thinking of making something called. Um, video uh youtube personality simulator okay so basically what you do is you try to you play stupid games like little mini games make stupid comments and then you get uh you get subscribers the whole goal is just to get as many subscribers as you can okay what do you think <laughs> i think you're gonna be a millionaire <laughs> <laughs> no you can you can be brutal man i i, I yep. may i may totally miss the whole thing like yeah, I mean, like, I as long as you get each YouTuber's permission, because you just need to make sure the legal, all, all the legal stuff is set out, you know, because like they could like trademark their name or they might, oh, yeah. you know. Well, no, in this it, case, I think it would just be like you'd be literally mimicking. Like it would just be because you think about it, they're just playing Unity games, right? Yeah. So why why don't I just because I have I have Unity code. So basically, the player itself who would be playing this video, uh, YouTube simulator person personality simulator. They'd be playing games, making comments to their whatever their device, like making like you know a little commentary. You'll see a little uh, avatar in the top right corner, you know. Um, yeah. Which is another camera view, which is just <laughs> you know them making, making what like and they're, so they're playing the game, so they're enjoying it. So there's like gameplay, right? And oh, just, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then yeah, I don't know. Or what did you what what did you envision? What, oh, what I I, I, I envisioned <laughs> when when you described that, I envisioned uh, you. Uh, you could actually play as the YouTube characters. Like you're like either oh. like it's an infinite runner or it's like an FPS game. And yeah, you are like oh, PewDiePie okay. or you are like that. But that's that's what I envision. But yeah, the the thing where like they're they're watching you play, that's funny too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it would just be like that. And then you play various mini games and maybe you just go around the city like and then afterwards, like after you pump out a video, you go around this little 3D world city, try to convince people to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Um I don't know. Is that just too serious? Uh, seriously, I. I well, what do, uh, well, you've, you've, you know what you've you built a do? success. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say if you think that kids would find it funny and you can make it appeal <laughs> to the younger audience, yeah, I think I think it can do well. I think anything that is out of the ordinary and that's funny and and that's really crazy, yeah, I, I think it can be successful. And that's something like, especially if the YouTubers themselves we're promoting the game and saying, oh, check this out, this is really funny. Yeah. I think then it could be a huge success. But I think the main thing with that game is you would have to get the YouTubers to basically endorse it. And then it, and yeah. then it would probably be a and pretty that, big and success. And this is where some of the stuff we discussed, where I would actually put in little special uh, Easter eggs so that uh, certain YouTube personalities could have like a special mock-up made specifically for them. So when they review it, it, it makes them look good. Totally. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think, <laughs> see, and that's the kind of game development that a lot of indies just don't think of is is they don't think of doing something so simple and so, yeah. and and kind of outrageous. But, but yeah, they they don't think of doing that. <laughs> they think of making this like triple A game, you know, indie game. But yeah. a lot of times, the games that make the most revenue and the games that actually grow people's companies are the most simple yeah, and like the most goat simulator. crazy, like goat simulator. <laughs> I mean. I mean, people now they're like, "Oh yeah, Goat Simulator. That was a that's a good game, right?" 
Well, yeah. I mean, people trashed the heck out of it when it came out, and and they are multi-millionaires yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And and now they're recognized at an indie studio, and any game they release now, that yeah, they'll, you're right. They have a rich. following now. So and, yeah, yeah, you need to find that game, and you need to make that game. And if if that if if this YouTube game becomes the next thing, then <laughs> I, good for you. I mean, I'm going to start publishing under your company name. <laughs> So. You know, you know, it's funny. I was actually watching a video at the GDC vault from the goat, like one of the Goat Simulator developers, and you know, they put it up on YouTube, and it got a lot of like views. It got like a million or two million or three million views, and that's what really inspired them to go ahead and actually make the game. Yeah. And um, not only that, they, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you're right. It's it's part of the viral hit, right? But they they had a good gameplay, so so it's a mix between fun and funny. Right, like you used you used the side scroller mechanic, and that's a proven fun gameplay. Totally. So you had the funny part down. Like, so you're right. The fun part, there are mechanics already out there that are proven fun, but by adding that funny overlay on top of it, you you make it stand out. So it doesn't yeah. mean that you need completely innovative gameplay because with Goat Simulator, there were there were definitely some innovations, but it was you know it's a physics engine. It was like you know ragdoll physics. Yeah, which is fun, which is guaranteed fun, and then they had the goat part, which is really funny. Um, I totally agree. It, it there is a formula to it. Like you need to you need to take a concept that's been proven, yeah. and then kind of and then kind of change it up, and then and then add your own spin to it. So Meme Run is a great example. Everyone likes Infinite Runners, and they like trying to get the high score for whatever reason. Every YouTuber oh, yeah. that played Meme Run. They said it was super addicting, and like even my f- my father that played it, he's like, "Why is this game so addicting?" Be- because it's an infinite runner, and it's been yeah. proven that people like those games. And it, yeah, you're right with Goat Simulator, and even with like Call of Duty. Why do people keep buying Call of Duty? <laughs> I don't, I don't anymore. But but yeah. people keep buying it because it's a proven formula that people enjoy, and yeah. and so that's what I would recommend is when you create your your popular game or any other indie out there, is kind of follow what other games do. And then put your own spin on it and make it viral. <laughs> yeah. Now the other thing is though, now that you're you're gaining this audience through your, you know, through your meme run hit, how are you keeping in touch? I mean, I know you have the Meverse account, but is there are there other ways that you're actually keeping in touch with them? Um, well, unfortunately, Nintendo doesn't like people to have direct access. Like, I, I can't, the only way I can communicate with them yeah. is through Meverse. But I, I basically I encourage them to follow me on Twitter. Uh, you know that people subscribe to me on YouTube, um, okay. and now now that I have all these connections with YouTubers, and you know they they had videos that were really successful because of the game I created. I'm sure that my next title, they'll be yeah. more than happy to cover the game because it made them money, it made me money. You know, it, yeah, it, exactly. goes, it goes around. So I, that's what it is. I think it's making connections with other people in the industry, and then kind of leaning on them to help you. So okay, and so with that said, do you? You found GDC to be really beneficial, or, or would you even recommend going going there? Yeah, I, so GDC, I think for developers is probably one of the best places to meet other other developers and and people that work at the companies. Um, unfortunately, this year I'm not going to be able to make it okay. because I have school, um, and you know it kills me because I love GDC and I love meeting people. Um, but yeah, that's how I got the Nintendo. That's how I yeah. got on Nintendo is through GDC, and that's really important. Uh, what what I do is I'm the like people like to 
like to call me the marketing genius, right? Because yeah. what I do when I go to the conventions is I, I have gift bags. Like so so I'll I'll walk around with a backpack, right? Yeah. And I'll have a bunch of candy and gift bags and what with my business cards in them. And what I'll do is when I go to these booths like Nintendo, I'll give the employees a gift bag and be like, oh hi, you know, and it has candy and all this cool stuff, right? Yeah. So that's a great way to make an impression is is when you go to a convention and you're an employee do you expect to get something from someone else? Doesn't everyone just want to get something from you? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. that's that's what it normally is. So you have to <laughs> you have to you have to befriend the em- employees that work at these companies. Um, you have to make them feel like you appreciate them, and and you, really I do, right? So, yeah. but but giving them the gift, it re- it makes a great first impression, and I think you should just treat other developers like GDC. I don't think is about the talks. The yeah, talks, exactly. the talks are, you know. Very they're like good, I mean, but they're good, but like right yeah. now, me and you were having a talk, and you know everyone can hear it. And this is probably the kind of quality talk that you'll get at GDC, in yeah. my opinion. But I would say it's more about meeting new people, meeting other developers, yeah. and, and and meeting the people at the companies. Now, what, what I do when I'm at GDC is I just go around and I just when I see someone at the booth, I just talk to him. And I, and this is maybe another developer is like, I'm like, Oh, what game are you working on? And I yeah. exchange business cards with them. And even if it doesn't lead to anything in the future, you never know like the connection you're going to make. And maybe you can do a partnership in the future. Um, yeah. you just never know. So, and that's, and that's mainly also at the parties afterwards, right? After the main, yeah. Yeah. With, with the parties at night and stuff. Okay. Totally. It's all about <laughs> connections. Uh, people, people think it's about the talks. You're paying yeah. for the talks. You aren't paying for the talks. You're paying to meet other people that will help you. So and and that's that's the biggest thing of game development is really um, it's the community of developers like working together to help each other and cross promoting and stuff like that. Yeah. And now now that you've had this success, have you been actually um, trying to convince other students at your university to to get into game development or, or even giving lectures there to maybe their game development club or something? Yeah. No, I I, I haven't. And okay. and what I found is like when people ask me what I do. You know, and they ask me like, "Oh, how do you make a game?" They think it's like the hardest thing ever, and yeah, and, and right. they don't understand. And what I what I have done is I've hosted a few like coding labs or coding meetups where cool. like I I basically like a bunch of people that have never coded before. They they would come and they would try to to learn, and I I would sit down and I would try to teach each person. But the thing is that a lot of the people that come, they just know me as like as having these really successful games, and you know and and making a decent amount of money doing it, right? Yeah. So, so they they think like just if they sit down at one time they can learn it, but that's that's not the thing. You really yeah. have to love it. And so, a lot of the people that came, I don't think they love it, you know, or yeah. they they don't. But they love see your games. success, and they're like, you know, they want to they want to yeah. emulate it, and I can understand that. So, so I give everyone, you know, and if and if anyone that's listening to this like wanted to talk to me or wanted to meet up and and try to code something, I'm completely down to do that. I love, I love, you know, working with other people on, on projects, but, um, essentially you, you have to love games in order to want to make them. And I think just the people right now that are at university just have too many other things on yeah. their plate to really just sit down and love to make games. So, and, um, you know, you talked about what, what types of games would you say you love the most? I mean, is, are there specific genres that you're, you're really excited about or are you just, open to all genres or what are your thoughts okay so I, throughout my life i would say the the games i played the most are fps games and rts games so like games like warcraft 3 um league of legends i really have liked that um recently and then when i was younger i i really liked uh 
Call of Duty, and and now more recently I like CS:GO. I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the Call of Duty. So those those are the two that I've I've really kind of grown up with, and I've really loved playing as RTS and FPS. But unfortunately, I haven't really made any of those games because they're they're very technical. Um, yeah. There's a there's a lot of things. So I've made more simple games, um, but they've done really well. And, and and see, I think I've reached a much younger market. Like the younger yeah. market doesn't necessarily love the FPS and the RTS games because they're very complex. They like the more the more simple games. Like I would say like IQ Test and Meme Run are much more simple titles um, that the younger audience likes. But now that I've, I'm getting more experience, I mean, definitely making an FPS game, like I mentioned earlier, something I would love to do. I would also love to make an RTS game. Uh, it just is, you know, as time permits, um, that's something I'd like to do in the future. So Okay. And as we wrap up this interview... Um where, where do you see the games industry going? And um, what do you think about esports and some of these other emerging trends um, that we hear about in, in the games industry? Yeah, I definitely think esports is going to continue growing. I don't know if it'll ever get to the point like as big as football, right? But yeah. I, I think esports, it's commercialized. So it's a company that's making a lot of money by hosting it um, because it's their game, right? So yeah. I, I don't know if it can ever get as big as football. Um, and you know, it's supposedly they're, they're now building stadiums specifically for esports, like not not in the U.S. but in, in other countries, Korea, country. right? Yeah, or China or something. Yeah, I read something. Yeah, about it. Yeah, I think esports will be big, but I think the, the issue with esports is like once people stop having interest in the game, like they'll play the game for maybe a year or two, and then they'll get frustrated with like the community or maybe like just in general of the game and then they'll move on to a completely another game so like with league of legends that's kind of what's happened to me is i played the game for three years right and i got really really high in the ranks and i was one of like the top ranking people but i just stopped having the time to play and i just kind of stopped enjoying it because the community was so toxic and so (laughs) i just i just don't really like to watch the game i don't really enjoy playing it that much anymore and so i guess people's tastes really change so the i think the way esports are, are going to work is it's going to be a trend of like whatever game a lot of people are playing it's going to be yeah. popular and then it will probably die it'll probably have around a three-year lifespan and then the game will probably die and then it will be the next game and, and so well how come how come that didn't happen to poker though you know because some of these other things are you know the the physical equivalents of these esports they they still keep going, you know. Well, I would say, I mean, I would say it would keep going, but it won't be at the scale that we see now. Like yeah. League of Legends has these huge tournaments, right? But yeah, but also poker is different because it can be played by anyone, and it's not commercialized necessarily. Like okay, I you, see what you you're don't saying. you yeah. don't need a computer to play poker. You can just have a deck of cards and be sitting at the table and play it. Yeah. So I think that's why when there's a company behind it you're, and their okay. entire you know what I mean? It's to make yeah. money. I think that's what's really stopping esports from growing into this huge thing. So basically, a company would have to make a compelling game and then literally give it away for free and make their money from either hosting tournaments or something else. So that the the core idea is open sourced or free, or like in that, public that's domain. What I think. Yeah, yeah, and it would have to be available on as many devices as possible. Yeah. Um, to basically allow the entire world to be able to have access to it, or at least in the entire U.S. You know, anyone that has a tablet or a computer can play it. So, Okay. Um, and do you feel that uh, most of the games that, <clears throat> or, or most of the people are going to be playing games on, on mobile and tablets now still? Or do you feel there's something else coming up, like VR or Oculus or any of these other things? Oh, yeah, that's a hard question. I, 
you know what I would say is just look at what the young kids are doing. Do the yeah. young kids have access to computers? Yeah, but what are most of the young kids sitting on? They're all sitting on their iPads and they're sitting on their yeah. Kindles. That's something I didn't grow up with. I, I sat in front of a computer or like a, a game console, right? So so we're going to have to look at what the kids are what the kids are growing up with and what kind of games they're playing. And now in the future, they're going to grow up and we have to see what the next generation is. The next generation only going to know tablets you know, as a game medium, we don't know. I, I don't know. It'll okay. be interesting to see how the game industry evolves um, with the new generation. So, yeah. And um, so for the audience out there, where can they find out more information about your games and potentially check them out or play them? Yeah, so uh, if you can go to my website, ninjapigstudios.com, uh, okay. that's all my games. And I also have some other stuff that I've done for other companies, which has been pretty cool, like, um, making like educational software and stuff like that. Um, and then if you just search, uh, on the Wii U for like meme run or I would just say, go to my website and then Twitter, um, Ninja Pig Studios on Twitter. I tend to post a lot of stuff on there. So I'd love it if you follow me, talk to me, uh, if you want to meet up, just let me know and, and we can hang out. So, okay, cool. Uh, once again, we're talking with uh, Jordan from Ninja Pig Studios. Thanks again for your time. Thank you. Cool. Take care. Bye.